Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take their businesses to the next level. Join us as we chat with green industry leaders to discover best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. What's up, everybody? Today on the show, we're going to go to North Carolina to chat with my boy Lamont. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Good. How about yourself? I can't complain, man. Just getting through the workday. Yeah, listen to a little Dave Ramsey show, huh? Yes, sir. Every day. Yep. I was just, I, that was funny because I'm sitting here waiting for you to call. I was listening to Dave Ramsey and Ken Coleman. Uh, They're on the show together today. And then you called me and you're like, I was just listening to Dave Ramsey. We're listening at the same time. <laughs> yes, sir. Really good show for you guys who don't listen to Dave Ramsey. It's all about building wealth, getting out of debt. Use you know using common sense <laughs> with money. So shout out to uh, Dave Ramsey. But how's it going up there in North Carolina, man? I was up there uh, interviewing Mitchell Gordy in High Point, North Carolina, which is close to where you live. But you were on your anniversary, so you were out of town when I was up there, huh? Yes, sir. I was. We were uh, we were at the uh, we were at the beach. Matter of fact, uh, celebrating the anniversary for a few days. Awesome. I'm just looking here at, uh, we're, we're planning our Florida road tour in February. So Mr. Producer will have a bunch of information on that, but I'm already excited for the next time to go to the beach, man. I can't wait to hear it. Awesome. Well, on the other side of the country, we were just up in a uh, frigid, well, it wasn't actually that cold, but it is uh, Michigan. So good times though at the uh, Entrepreneur Academy, man. What were your uh, takeaways from Brian's awesome event? Man, it was awesome. I um I enjoyed everything. Uh, Jeff Joyner, uh, Stan, I enjoyed them all. Um, I took about five, six pages of notes at least on this on the keynotes. And the thing that I liked the most was when uh, Nick Carlson said, "Stop being satisfied with satisfied, mm. and be a leader, not a boss." And you know, you have to, you have to um, take care of your customers. Excuse me, take care of your clients as best as possible. Always over deliver what you promise, and then uh, they will they will keep they'll keep a more than satisfied client in your in your business. Yeah. Now, now, which one said be a leader, not a boss? Because I was in uh, Brian's uh, Fullerton Unfiltered podcast studios <laughs> back there, and uh, I'm so I wasn't in real time listening to the speeches because I was interviewing them kind of when they were getting done. So who who yes, said sir. that? Because that, that's gold right there. Nick Carlson said, be a leader, not a boss. Wow. That's um, so he good. also said a couple, yeah, a couple of things he said was uh, that I took away that was real, you know, keen to me were get rid of the head trash and connect as much as you can, which means you connect with positive people because you become uh, pretty much my opinion, you become a summary of the five people that you hang around the most. If you hang around negative people, then nine out of ten, you become a negative person. Um, if you hang around positive people, nine out of ten, you become a more positive, I'm sorry, you become a more positive person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we were just listening to the Dave Ramsey show, the segment that was really uh, ministering to me. They were talking about momentum and how important that is in life. And I think when we hang around people that 
have that positive mentality, have that, you know, diligent work ethic and a high standards of integrity and all of that. It just, uh, it builds a momentum in our life. There's this uh, motivation that trickles over into our life to, you know, want to reach the, the, the full purposes uh, that we're put on this earth for versus being around Nancy negative and Deb the downer and they just suck the life out of you. Exactly. Exactly. Now, did you uh, exactly drive? Right. Did you drive up to Michigan, or did you fly up there? No, sir. I flew out of uh, PCI, which is uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. I flew flew from Greensboro to ATL, from ATL to to, to Detroit. Okay. Yeah, I was at the Atlanta airport and Naylor comes walking up and uh, he, he flew from Virginia down to Atlanta. So we were on the same exact plane uh, flying from the wow. ATL to uh, Michigan. That's cool right there. That's awesome. Yeah. So what that we, is awesome. What I, we, go ahead, Lamont. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm saying it. No, sir. No, sir. I was saying that I talked to Buddy into flying to uh, Detroit as well. He never flew. Uh, he's from Alabama, and he had never flew before. So he actually had a direct flight from Nashville into Detroit, and he actually beat me there by an hour. So he waited at the airport for me. Now, who is this that's never been on an airplane before? Uh, his name is Ben Naiman. He's uh, on uh, social media, uh, Instagram as BNL Services. Uh, he had never rode a plane, 23 years old. And I tell him, I said, man, it's an eight to 10 hour drive from you. So I talked him in to get on a plane to fly. It was a one hour and 25 minute flight from Nashville to Detroit to him. Straight through. Yeah. No, I know, I know Ben for sure. I didn't know he never had flown yeah. before. Yeah, that's wild. You know, I, I personally don't like flying at all. I, I try to avoid it at all costs. And uh, Brian's okay. event was just something that was uh, something I couldn't miss. I think John Madden, the guy that used to announce football games, he would, he didn't like yeah. to fly either. So he would get on that bus and drive, you know, it could be one Monday night football game out in California. And then the next week they play in Miami. So he, he would not fly. He just take the bus all across America. But, um, I'm similar, man. I don't, I just, I don't trust that airplane, man. It's like one bolt gets loose and I don't know. I get, I get nervous, man. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have watched all these. I used to watch all these documentaries of the flight crashing and then they investigate them. And like, oh, yeah. I, I would binge yeah. watch those when I used to work in radio at night and I'd watch those. I'd watch people breaking out of prison and I would go on these binges and just watch the craziest things. But now it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, man, we I used to be in radio from midnight to 6 a.m. So I'd watch some Greg Chisholm, you know, for a while. And then I'd watch these breaking out of prison videos. And I'd watch airplane crash videos. And then I, probably not the best idea at three in the morning, you know, then you start like I'm in this, the studio by myself and then I'll get scared. And anyway, I don't know. <laughs> you might get the warning after midnight, man, especially when you're up with nobody. Well, pretty much nobody else is up as well. Yeah, well, it was it was uh, it was a fun time, man. A good season of my life working the the overnight shift there and uh, working in radio. Right. It was a good time. But hey, man, let's do this. Let's kick it over to Mister Producer and uh, <laughs> not to copy Brian Fullerton, but I really am going to get a sip of this Perrier. Brian sent me uh, Pellegrino, Essentia, and this Perrier. I don't even know how to say it. P E R R I E R. Perrier. Perrier. <laughs> There you go. Very, so, yeah. 
All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and drink some of this fancy YouTube Millions Perrier uh, water. We're going to have more with uh, Lamont from North Carolina coming right up. If you want to learn how to properly install paver projects and retaining walls, visit thehardscapeacademy.com. There you'll find two different training courses and soon more coming about how to install properly to national guidelines with our own twists and tips and tricks we have learned over 20-some years to properly install these projects. It's a great resource. It's two and a half hours long each at $99. It's a great value at $99 each. If you buy both, there is a bundle special. Be sure to check out thehardscapeacademy.com. Most landscapers are so tired, they just want to enjoy a little of their evenings. However, you often go home and your bookkeeping from the day or week immediately demands your time. Fortunately, because you can't give it your full energy or focus, it just sits there, night after night, untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good cash flow, good decision making, and the peace of mind you need. Because your business demands your time elsewhere, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a full-service bookkeeping solution that is guaranteed to give you your time back and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to www.gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends, all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. We'll take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at www.gulfcoastbk.com. And the Green Industry Podcast returns in just a moment. Hi, friends. It's Mr. Producer. We all know how important it is to keep our feet comfortable and dry while cutting that grass and making that cash. Cujo has created a special yard shoe that is a tough hybrid work shoe merging boot-like durable tread and water resistance with the flexibility and light weight of a breathable athletic shoe. It's built for a cool and comfortable hard day's work. You can order your pair of yard shoes by clicking on the Cujo link in today's show notes. And don't forget to save 10% with the promo code Pauls10. Again, that's promo code Pauls10. Are you ready to make some serious money this winter with snow and ice management services? Are you looking to position yourself as an industry professional and to protect your bottom line from issues like unstable salt prices? Don't get left out in the cold this winter. Head over to DebtFreeLandscaper.com to check out the highly sought-after commercial and residential snow plowing contracts. These agreements are available for Internet download and are easy to edit and make your own. DebtFreeLandscaper.com, the green industry's most professional resource for lawn and landscape contracts, hiring employees and subcontractors, and where you'll find the same money-making commercial snow contract that numerous contractors like Brian Fullerton have used to dominate the snow and ice management industry. DebtFreeLandscaper.com Head over to DebtFreeLandscaper.com to get access to these incredible resources today and put yourself in a position to plow through the competition. All right, friends, we're back with Lamont in North Carolina, and uh, you were recently on Brian Fullerton's podcast. You shared a little bit of your story, but maybe for somebody who didn't uh, get to hear, give us a brief snapshot of your actual day-to-day operations up there in North Carolina. All right. Um, I'm going to um, 95% lawn maintenance, weekly lawn maintenance. Um, I do that when it's on landscaping. Enhancements, you know, which are mulch, pine straw, um, may plant a few trees here and there, but 95% of my business is long, it's weekly long maintenance, mowing, blowing, edging, 
fertilizing, uh, you know, summer and spring and fall with that race. Okay. And what kind of grass? I kind of, you know, driving by Mitchell, it seemed kind of like a hodgepodge. What what kind of turf is predominant in your area there in North Carolina? Well, North Carolina's in the transition zone, so you can see anything from turf type called fescue. You may see some zoysia. You may see some um, centipedes. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my wife's grandmother's yard has a bit of all of it. It has centipedes, zoysia and fiscu all in it like on different sides of, of the home yeah so, so how do you know what Carolina, but when majority, you go ahead sorry to cut you off go ahead lamont no 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 no. i'm saying so so it could be anything um pretty much i mean you know what to cut most times right here turf type tall fiscu and weekly cuts is anywhere from four 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 to five inches depending on the how the customer likes to cut so most time we cut on four inches right here three four and five yeah, so that's about normal. That's totally different than, you know, down here where we have warm season turf, you actually, you know, we start the year, scalp it down at an inch, inch and a half. And, right. you know, throughout the year, we're keeping Bermuda zoysia at an inch and a half, two inches. And uh, typically most of the customers will end the season here when our grass goes dormant at two and a half inches, worst case scenario, three inches. So it always fascinates me then, you know, just a couple states up north and you guys are sitting here cutting the grass at four inches. It's just, it's mind boggling to me because that's, that would be a no, no, you know, with warm season turf, you want to cut that low, 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 low is better. But uh, up there, you know, four, four and a half inches is norm and uh, it looks better in the stripes. So are you just rolling solo or you got someone helping you or what? Yes, I have, I have a helper, um, the part-time Usually I roll solo 95% of the time. Um, I do have actually uh, two helpers. Actually, I have one that helps me regularly, and then I have another one for to bang out some bigger projects when it comes to uh, pine straw and uh, mulch installation. Okay. And then what kind of mowers are you running, and what kind of power equipment are you running? I run a Dixie Chopper Blackhawk uh, with a 54-inch deck. has a 24-horsepower Kohler motor. And um, you said you said you said Kohler, Kohler yeah, engine, Kawasaki, Kawasaki. Okay, I was going to say. Okay, yeah, I apologize. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Twenty-four horsepower Kawasaki, and I just recently, uh, back in June, uh, purchased a Echo twenty-six twenty T string trimmer, solid. which I absolutely love. Yeah, solid. Yes, sir. And um, backpack blow. I have a. Uh, on a BT-150. Um, I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks I can be able to purchase a PBA to 10 because I love that blower, man. Like, I've used a couple of my buddies from time to time helping them out do projects. That blow is an absolute monster. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, that thing's solid, man. Somebody stole mine when I was out on my fall tour. I come back, and uh, Alberto, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the front yard, and here comes Alberto, and he, he uh, parks at the house next to where I'm at. And I'm like, that seems kind of sketchy. Now, the, the neighbor was our customer as well, so it you know, wasn't too out of, you know, too suspicious. But I was like, why didn't he just park right here? Like I, you know, and he walked out, and he walked over, and, you know, we start catching up. And uh, I just knew, you, you know, when you sent something's off, and you just like, I was like, this don't make any sense. And uh, so anyway, I kind of gander over and I peek in and I see a couple uh, still BR600s. 
and uh, the PB 8010 is gone. And I knew it. And then he's kind of, you know, he's, he was too shy and embarrassed or, you know, he didn't know what I was, how I was going to respond or whatever. Cause I, I was out on tour for two and a half weeks and, uh, I was like, where's the PB 8010. And, and he told me, cause I, I mean, I am adamant that when we're not in the neighborhood, that's all gated in that you got to keep everything, you know, secured and locked up especially in atlanta because these jokers will will they'll grab that right out of the bed of a truck and they'll sell it on facebook marketplace or craigslist before you can even track it i mean it's just a, it's a, it's nasty around here the way these thieves operate and you know he was in the backyard he's like i didn't lock it up and you know they took it and so it's sad man i, I had I bought that blower, I think, last August, and uh, it's just right. durable, reliable, powerful, powerful, and uh, some thug, you know, th- some thief stole it, so disappointing. Yeah, I can't stand the thief, man, especially somebody as you and I and other professional in the work hard for what we do, yeah. and, you know, somebody steals a key piece of equipment or any piece of equipment for that, man, I don't care if it's a $150 set of, you know, shears or whatever, I mean, still, you work for that money. I mean, you work to make money to buy this equipment. Yeah. My buddy, Josh, he had, I think it was a BR 600 from still. And, uh, he put it in the bed of his truck and he kind of like, uh, hit it like under his toolbox. Like you could still see it if you were looking for it, but he kind of, you know, it would have been tough to find right. it. And he just went into Publix to get some burger meat. That was it. Just one item. They need to get some ground beef for dinner. Walks in, to the grocery store gets one thing checks out and literally the guy was he could see the guy pulling it out of his bed of his truck and gets into a car and they drove off and he couldn't catch him and um they stole it so then his wife bought him a brand new this was uh back in the day she bought him a brand new one i think it was the maybe a br 700 or i i don't know if it's 800 or what this was back in the day so but anyway you know bought him a new blower and uh within a week he had it. It was in, he was in the front yard by the garden bed, by the front door and the trucks right there out in the street. But the, the trailer was down and, uh, these guys pull up literally he's standing right there. They take it out of the bed of his truck and they pull off, you know, they just drive right off, right, right in, you know, right in front of him. And, uh, because he had his trailer down the time it took him to pull the, you know, the gate up and get his trailer, you know, so he could drive he wasn't able to catch up to him. So he had two blowers stolen, you know, in like a week and a half here in Atlanta. And so it's just, wow. it's so frustrating. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I keep telling, you know, anyone who ever works with me, I'm like, you, you have to understand these guys, this is their day job. They, they drive around, take a blow, you know, a backpack blower and they sell it for 200 bucks on Craigslist. And here we are, you know, that's a good day if you can gross 200 bucks, you know, these jokers go out and do it the legal way, but um, we just have to be on guard because it, it is what it is when you live in Atlanta. They, they, they are looking for, they just drive around looking for uh, backpack blowers. So. Yeah, that's, that's bad, man. It really is. But all that to say, get a PB-8010. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Like I said, I use several. A couple of my buddies, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. So what's the plans uh, for the winter? Does your wife have income? Did you save up some money? Are you going to have a side hustle? What are you going to do until things, um, you know, business drums back up uh, in the early spring in North Carolina? Yeah, I'm actually got some uh, 
I got some most jobs. I have a most of jobs lined up. A few of those as well. Um, I do have a side. I do have a side hustle. Uh-oh. I actually work at an auto parts store part time. And uh, auto parts. Yes, sir. I Wait. work at I work in an auto parts store part time. What? Which one? Auto zone. Okay, get in the zone. Auto zone. I, I like the <laughs> I like the auto stores because they're songs like O'Reilly's, O O O O'Reilly's Auto Parts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I worked there too. I worked, I worked there too about five years ago. I worked there for about two years. Yeah, uh, while I was getting my business together. Yeah, but they, I mean, their marketing. I, you know, the, the O'Reilly song. I'll go there just because of the song. And then AutoZone's pretty good too. Get in the zone. Auto zone, advanced auto parts. They don't, they're struggling though, huh? Yeah, well, it depends, man. I mean, we do a lot of commercial, a lot of commercial sales, like with mom and pop garages and dealerships and stuff. But um, we actually, when the pandemic had first started shutting down different states, we had I've been there since January, and we had actually uh, started closing early. Um, started closing about three hours early. Uh, because of uh, they were just making sure, and then they only lasted about five or six weeks. Then we went back to regular uh, scheduled time as far as opening and closing. They were opening on regular time, and then they were closing at like six thirty instead of nine. Yeah. So. So do you but work? Yeah, but other than that, though, they went back. You work at AutoZone during the lawn season or only during the winter? I work. I work both. I work during the lawn season and during the winter as well. Are they able to get you more hours during the winter, or are you still just part time during the winter? Uh, it depends. I think this winter I'll be able to get a few more hours because a couple people have, uh, you know, parted ways with the particular uh, location that I work at. So uh, I tell them I can work a few more hours in the winter, but come uh, March first, you know, it's grind time. Huh? Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, dude. I. There's so many people that are going to crush it in the spring of 2021. It's it's wild how many people have reached out to, you know, Brian Fullerton and myself over this past year talking about, hey, I'm going full time in the spring of 2021. It's like everything's in motion. So uh, it, it's exciting. I, I really think it's going to be an explosive spring for a lot of people. Life, life transforming to, to have that big uh, amount of revenue come in in March, April, May. And, uh, you know, have a plan what to do with it. So you don't go blow it all on stupid stuff, but you, you know, pay off debt or purchase new equipment, that, but it, it's a good my, time to make money. That's my plan as well. Yeah, that's my plan as well. I plan on going completely full time, uh, Lord willing next year. Um, uh, I've got, I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row, trying to get, uh, all my verbiage and paperwork lined up. I've got my marketing materials, uh, lined up, got everything working on that as well. So I've got my website, um, still on the construction, but I do have an established website, so that's on the construction as well. So, um, I'm just trying to get everything lined up. I got my target area that I'm working on because I live rural. Yeah. So, um, most of us have to travel about about 20 to 25 miles, you know, to be able to, uh, be able to have a decent, you know, a decent income, man, because I live in a small town with three stoplights, two gas stations, less than a thousand, less than 2,000 square people in a 10 mile radius. So, <laughs> wow. So I live very rural. Yeah. yeah. I live very rural. 
I just moved out of Gwinnett County, which had a million people. And now I'm up in a different County. That's, you know, got hundreds of thousands of people. So 2000, I mean, that's, that's wild. I can look out my window and see 2000 people. That's crazy. I like, I like it though. I actually broke it down. I didn't realize um, until about a year and a half ago, uh, gentleman has a house around here. He, uh, told me, and I went on the U.S. Post Office website, and I didn't know that they broke it down um, by, you know, how many, the average amount of people per square mile, you know, in each area code. And in my area code, there's about 170 people per square mile. And the location I'm trying to grow in, there's about, and I know it's not, you know, compared to Atlanta, it's nowhere near it. It's about 700 people per square mile. Mm. So that's a big difference when there's six million routes in my town. The town I'm trying to grow in has, you know, 16 to 20 million routes. You know, six versus 20 is, you know, no comparison. Right. Well, what my mentor taught me, because even though I was in an area where there was a lot of people, it was, I mean, we'll just call it what it is. It was basically the hood. You know what I mean? It was the, the right. it wasn't the nicest part of town. And what my mentors taught me is he's like, as I was picking my target market, cause I had a lot of customers in two neighborhoods in the hood, in, in the area, but it was just frustrating. And, uh, you know, he's like, why don't you pick a new neighborhood where, you, you know, there's money and, uh, where the meat, you know, the average income is actually a lot higher because they're more likely to purchase a luxury service like lawn maintenance and landscape enhancements and, you know, be more convenient to pay you on time and to treat you respectfully and whatnot. And so I had to, I had to move not on a quantity level of people, but on a quality level of, you know, the average median income. We actually had a, someone we interviewed earlier in the summer, Mike Dower, that taught us about that as well. You can actually look up the records of what the average household income is in the various locations um, that way you can kind of right. gauge you, you, you want to, you know, I mean, in most business plans, it makes sense to go where the money is, or in your case, you just got to find where the people are. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's right. definitely good to do that research. You don't want to set up shop where there's not too many people and they don't have money. We, we definitely, you know, want to put ourselves in the best opportunity to win. Right. And that's what I did uh, when I found out about, you know, the post office website about, you know, it breaks it down per, you know, how many people per, the average amount of people per, you know, in that particular route and the average family income, you know, in that particular route. And out of those, uh, out of those, say, 15 to 20 routes, there were about four that had six digits, that had six-figure incomes or higher wow. as their average. As their average? Over six figures as an average. Yes, sir. Anywhere from eighty-five to one twenty-five was the average in this one particular in these four particular uh, routes. Yeah. On on, on in particular, yeah. So my target area was those specific routes, and so that's going to be my target area again for this upcoming year as well. Yeah. Man, that's a good plan, dude. Go where the money is. So. We're, we're cheering for you, man. How has social media and this community been, you know, a, a inspiration or motivation or education to you as you're on this journey of, you know, getting ready to go full time? 
Well, I've learned, you know, and I know people have said this time and time again, I've learned that bigger is not always better. You can't compare yourself to, you know, everybody else around you. I'm going to take, I'm going to use Mitchell and Brian as an example. They have awesome businesses. They have beautiful rigs. They have beautiful setups. But, you know, you can't compare yourself to them because everybody has a different path to follow. Now, those local guys, they work hard. They grind. They've sacrificed over the years to get to where they're at. And you all, people always think, you know, that you can come out the gate with $100,000 rigs and, you know, you got a brand new truck, brand new trailer, two, three mowers, two, three backpack blowers, two string trimmers. And you don't have your first customer. And I learned that back in 2010. I went to a community college to take a horticulture class, a horticulture program, just to learn the basics. <clears throat> and when he, uh, when my teacher told me, he said, "Please don't come out the whole hundred thousand dollars in debt, and you don't have any customers." And that stuck with me ever since he told me that. I've never forgotten that. Yeah, bingo. And so you know, it, sir. That's a bingo. Exactly. I, I was agreeing yeah. with your professor. Yeah, so, yeah, so that, it's easy to become envious for some people, you know, of what those people have. And, you know, you know, I've talked to, you know, I've talked to the other guys, you know, who started out, you know, with a, you know, a 87 S10 and a push mower and a, and, and a, and a, and a janitor broom on the back of a truck. And, you know, now they have successful six, almost seven figure business because, you know, they, you know, they grew slow, you know, like you always say, you know, work, save, buy, work, save, buy, not buy, then work, you work, then you buy. Yeah. And just personally, Lamont, I feel like when you do have to work for it, you do have to, you know, lay it all on the line and, uh, you know, fight to the finish and then you buy it in cash. It's like, you appreciate it so much more. You, you take care of it. And, uh, you know, that's why it pains me that blower got, uh, stolen. I actually bought that. I used to be a part of the echo program and they sent me a seven, seven O blower, but the PB 8010, uh, I, you know, I went out and bought that with my own money. And it's just like, when you work so hard for something and then you just appreciate it, you take care of it. And, uh, versus if you just go out and you get something, you take it for granted. Cause that's what I did. In, uh, with my education, I went out to college. I didn't know what I was doing. I just took out student loans and I didn't even, I, you know, I skipped class. I didn't care. You know, I did, I, I, you know, didn't study. I just, I didn't value it or appreciate it. If I would have paid, you know, $3,000 or whatever for that class, I wouldn't have skipped it. You know what I mean? I paid it, but I borrowed the money and I didn't, it was like cheap. And, and, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? There, there's a difference to when you do the work save, buy, work, save, buy, work, save, buy, uh, for sure. And, yeah. and, and the work, sure. you work more diligently because it's like, no, I got to scrape this money together. You have more incentive to work rather than when you just have everything all shiny and new right off the, the showroom floor. And you just, you just don't have that uh, backbone and grit when you got to go out and hustle for it. So I, I couldn't agree any more with you. Um, of the grassroots exactly, exactly right. movement of, of building yes, a business. Speaking of student loans, man, I'm right there with you, dude. I mean, I went to college in 1996, took out student loans because my parents didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. And that's still, that was just the quote unquote thing to do then and still is now to some people. And, you know, um, my daughter, she's 20 years old and I've driven to her head about, you know, 
trying to, you know, don't get into debt and just that and the third. She actually took a personal finance class uh, in high school. She graduated last year, and she said, I'm not taking on the credit card debt. I said, why? She said, because I've seen, she said, I've seen what kind of turmoil they can bring in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that's shocking to hear from a 20-year-old. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. So did you pay off your student loans from 1996? No, sir. I went back to school in 2010, 2012, and I added to it. So I'm steady working on it. All right. But trust me. Yeah, well, we, you, man. yeah, well I want to see you on that Dave Ramsey show. Give that. I'm that free scream. Well, my plan, I told my wife, you know, I talked to her about it. My plan is 18 months, dude. I plan on, I plan on being, I plan on having, having it out the way. Amen. That's awesome, man. So, well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you, you had a, uh, you know, full day and, uh, taking the time to give us a call, went to the gym, what, what you've been working, well, you you've been well. working out, huh? Yes, sir. I, I've been working out for years, but you know, when the pandemic started, they pretty much shut down all our gyms around here in North Carolina. So, uh, we just, we just got to open back up really like in the last probably three to four months, um, some gyms found loopholes where they can open up earlier than others because of the different services they offer under uh, in-house and under roof. Mm-hmm. And so, but the majority of the gyms like Planet Fitness, our Planet Fitness didn't open back up until the, like the end of July, the 1st of August. Mm-hmm. But other Planet Fitness across the country, they were open. So it was frustrating for people who would be going to the gym four to five days a week. And I know, I think do alternative workouts outside, but you know, some people feel more comfortable being inside and in in a secure environment versus being outside. I mean, somebody can run up on, you know, like my mother, you know, she said before, I don't want her walking the rope exercise. You know, she felt more secure being inside of the gym. Right. You know, walking on a treadmill or walking the track or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, not not recommended to walk the tracks, man. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> the advice you get on the show, man. I know, man. I tell you. But uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, LAL 2020, man, it was it was amazing. It was, I, could, I, didn't get, I didn't get to make it last year. Um, I wanted to, but I, I just need a chance to do it. But I made sure this year that I was going to get there. Lower kid breath in my body, I was going to get there this year, man. And so I'm thankful that I made it. I've already booked a hotel for the next year. I got a I got a gauge already when it's going to be. I heard Brian. I talked to him. I day. he said somebody might be. Pretty much the same. Like, what's your life like first beginning in November? So I've already made my whole trip reservation already. Yeah, that's awesome. What about GIE 2021? You got plans for, for the old GIE? Yes, it was. Of course. I know you knew it was postponed for this year, so everything transferred over yeah. to next year. I transferred my reservation over to that for the hotel as well. Yeah. Well, that's good. And, and guys who are listening, if you what he's talking about is if you registered for the 2020 show, then what they did, instead of basically giving you a refund, they just credited your account for 2021. So your registration is good. You're, you're all set. You know, you're signed up for the 2021 show, but you still got to call the hotel and make sure uh, they don't they don't automatically do that. Only the ticket registration people do through GIE. So you still got to call the hotel and make sure that you are signed up for October 20th through 22nd or if you're going to go a day early or whatever. And uh, they're hooking us up, man. 50% off right now with the GIE uh, expo registration. Uh, the price is already on sale and then you get 50% off if you use the promo code Paul and, uh, you can, uh, 
get all that taken care of. Get your ticket now while it's, while it's very low and call the hotels. Are you staying at the cluster next to the Kentucky Exposition? Are you staying um, in downtown or are you staying at one of those raggedy hotels? No, sir. I'm not. I'm. I'm not above, and I wouldn't. I don't like staying at ragged hotels. I'm like you, man. I'm not, I, don't, I don't like being sketched. I heard about what happened to Kevin Frost a couple of years ago, so I don't. I don't like those kind of those kind of situations. So I'm saying to cluster directly across the street. Yep. Yeah. You can just walk from the Kentucky Exposition. I actually did this last year. Not you know 2020, 2019. I walked from the Kentucky Exposition Center and stayed at one of the hotels right there, which Clemson Tigers were playing Louisville in the in the college football. This was yeah. on a Friday, so there was all these Clemson fans tailgating. It was pretty cool little environment there. I don't know if that will align again this year, but I, you know, I had that kind of college town feel because the Louisville uh, football team. But uh, yeah, you don't want to stay at those raggedy hotels, man. I had some lady no, miss, missing teeth knocking on my door at two a.m. You know, offering <laughs> services, and I was like, no, thank you. You know, what I mean, it was uh, sketchy, 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 sketchy. But that's because I waited to the last minute. And uh, so don't you know what you remember? Uh, I'm all signed up, dude. I'm, you rem- I, I remembered what? <laughs> no, I said, if you remember, you were actually looking for a place to stay the Friday last year after GIE because everybody else was leaving. And I sent you a message. I said, come over here and stay at the um, where my state, where was I can't remember the uh, not the Hyatt, it was the not the Hilton. I can't remember why I stayed at last year, but you actually. Booked the room that night is Friday night because I came yesterday in the morning and you were leaving out for her. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were at, the, uh, it was called uh, Home to Sweet, maybe. We Home to Sweet, yeah. Home to Sweet, that's it. Yeah, that's where I stayed last year. And uh, they had a really yeah. good breakfast. And yeah, I think I saw you down in the lobby at that Continental Breakfast. They had a really good breakfast. And uh, yeah, yeah th- I told my son, yeah, I told my son to do, look, fill up on a breakfast. I said that way, you know, you don't have to buy a lot of food at the convention center. I mean, they, I mean, I feel up pretty good, you know. So, so I'm not have to worry about buying a whole lot of food. And I was focused on, you know, connecting with people and looking at the equipment versus trying to spend twenty five dollars on a cheeseburger and order fries. No, they had a real, they had a really good spread there. A lot of options, and uh, I was yeah. very, very impressed with that. Um, uh, that hotel, home to suites, walking distance from the GIE. Uh, expo so yeah there you go good good memory guys get, seriously you, you, those will there's only a certain amount of hotels there and then there's only a certain amount downtown and then you got you know tens of you know you got thousands of people i don't know how many exact people are going to show up but let's just say there's fifteen thousand you know attendees next year you certainly don't have enough hotel rooms for half those guys that are legit hotels that's why you end up on the outskirts at these at these um you know Places you don't want to be at. Exactly right. So what kind of what kind of room service shows up at two a.m.? It ain't good. So I'll be one coming to my room at two o'clock in the morning. Hopefully it's a hot pizza. If I'm still up and I wake up and then I want somebody to up. A hot pizza. There you go. There, there there was nothing hot about this man. It was I go to bed early, man. Wake knock knocking on my door. I thought it was Payjack because we he stayed right next door. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. Okay. So I'm thinking John Payjack's banging on my door, and I'm half asleep. I open the door, and you know, lady has no teeth, and she's, you know, offering her services. I said, no, no, (laughs) no, thank you. (laughs) She just worked it. Then she she just started she just started walking down the hallway. She went to the next you know next one. Knock knock. So. 
Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that that wasn't happening at home. Home the sweets, nothing but a hot waffle. So there you go. That's it. All right. Well, hey, we're, de- we're no. derailing fast. I better kick it over to Mr. Producer before uh, I get uh, relieved of my duties here. You got a new new announcer on the Green Industry Podcast. Mr. Producer here, and let's face it, the more podcasts I produce for Paul and Brian, the more I realize there's so many potential ways to bring in revenue in the green industry. How do you determine which services and at what prices are best for your business? Well, I have some good news. Paul would love to help you dial in on the details and create a roadmap to profitability and success. We have a huge sale of 30% off of one-on-one business coaching with Paul Jameson. Now to get started, just click on the link in today's show notes and schedule your private one-on-one business coaching with Paul Jameson. Thank you for joining us on the Green Industry Podcast. If you're ready to financially grow your business, grab Paul's rate increase letter. This customizable document will help you professionally communicate with your existing customers and explain why you're increasing your rates. Paul's rate increase letter and links to other products and services you heard about during the episode are available in the notes. And don't forget, by subscribing to the show, you'll never miss an episode of the Green Industry Podcast. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.